Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. How are you? A little under the weather. My throat's a little raw, so we'll see how my voice holds up throughout the episode. But other than that, feeling much better. Took a sick day yesterday, rested, ready to go. Fantastic. How was your birthday? Cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least. It, it, it was cold, and then we had some heat <laughs> restrictions, so I spent it on the couch watching Bones, writing, <laughs> snuggled up with a heating pad and a. Uh, a space heater so i was personally warm and doing my best to protect the natural resources of the state of michigan (laughs) i'm sure they appreciate it i am sure they had no idea that i was doing it but as our listeners do yes as i do my best to be a quote unquote good person i turned my heat down to 65 and since, you know, this big back room back here does not have any heat, it was fucking freezing. <laughs> yeah, I always envy those with a nice summer birthday, time off, pool parties. Never was me. <laughs> Never was you. Just yeah, no. <laughs> I had to bring munchkins into my class. Oh, yeah. But now, like, what do you do now? Does anyone bring stuff in or does it like I feel like it's all I hear on Instagram is food allergies for sure. So the first school I ever worked in, you weren't allowed to bring anything food related. If you were going to bring in something, it had to be like a little toy or or something that no one could eat. But in this school, it's like a free for all. So the parents bring in cupcakes and one mom brought in like a full on pokemon cake that we had a slice <laughs> <laughs> nice so, you know the kids have fun yeah everyone like i just feel like growing up it was tradition to bring in munchkins from dunkin donuts sure and that's just like and then all the jelly were left because no kids ever liked <gasps> them so i don't know why what? We... yeah and my class i don't know why i ever got jelly because none of the kids ever chose it really yeah my we're weird in jersey we would all go for the jelly <laughs> Oh my god. It's, it's it's just regional differences. And then everyone who's listening is like, what the hell are Dunkin' Donuts munchkins? <laughs> no one calls it Dunkin' Donuts anymore. It's just like Dunkin' now. Yep. The times they are a change in. Yeah. Gotta rebrand, let it slide off the tongue. Well, now that we're talking about things in the past... <laughs> let's let's segue into things in our past nice our breakup episode here we go here we go (laughs) so appropriate for the month of love (laughs) the month of love yeah and i mean listeners who've been listening for quite some time know that i've went through one very recently (laughs) went through the grief of it just this past 
holiday season out of nowhere, although obviously not out of nowhere. And we decided to make this kind of a two-parter episode where this one will be the breakup episode and our thoughts and experiences on that. And next week will be kind of like the next steps in relationship. And we're at very different places in that. So that should be interesting as well. But part one, breakups. Breakups. <laughs> yeah. How many so. have you had? Um, That's a good question. Like, <laughs> like what's a, like, so what's a real breakup? Good. We need to make this distinction. Good. I mean, I'm still technically waiting for a call from a boy that said he'd call me back like 14 years ago and he's never <laughs> called me back. So would that be a breakup? Like, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a breakup or not, but yeah, right. I wouldn't consider that one. I just kind of let that one linger. And then like 13 years later, so like last year, he friend requested me on Facebook and I so badly wanted to say, hey, still waiting for your call, but got to keep it classy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, like that wouldn't be a breakup. That's not a breakup to me. I've had two because I've had two serious relationships. That's how I can play it. Yeah. So, like, that's a great question. Probably in like that in in the adult relationship way, one. Okay. Because I dated like I started dating a guy when I was sixteen, broke up with him, and started dating Jeff. Yeah. And like I mean, I had a bunch of boyfriends between the ages of like fourteen, you know, thirteen and sixteen. Wow. I was a late bloomer. I was still playing with Barbies then. I was like, yeah, no, like I loved like boys and friends and like kissing and that kind of thing love doing that between the ages of 13 and 16 i was like a prude oh yeah no that was like my thing <laughs> it was just fun because i liked being friends with boys okay and i guess like not necessarily like i guess like a lot more when i was between the ages of 15 and 16 and then i never had like i would date guys for like six weeks and then be like mm, nah no i'd go out on like three dates with a guy be like mm, nope yeah but um, when you were like 16 yeah totally <sighs> i always I, I, oh you know what no i definitely had a serious boy serious boyfriend so let's go with uh yeah oh wait let's totally because we can totally tell this story um who listens to this podcast not my mom cool <laughs> okay so let's go with two because um yeah let's go with two okay because we can tell the boy with the dragon tattoo story yes we must go <laughs> right no we'll get to that later so let's go with um yeah let's two but that's like that's who i dated because i yeah this guy came to my sweet 16 party the boy with the dragon tattoo um and then like the guy that i started dating when i was 16 it was, like, late when I was 16, like, closer when I was 17. Because, mm -hmm. like, I'm, you know, January 30th birthday. I started dating this guy closer to, like, when school started. So, you know, that's, like, nine months of being 16. Yeah, sure. Um, and this other guy that I dated, I was started when I was, like, maybe mid-15. He was older than I was. A bunch. Mm. Um... 
I could see you being very mature for a 16-year-old, though. Yeah, and, like, high school sucked. Remember that. Yeah. Like, remember, for me, high school was torture. Right. And, like, this is another thing that I've been having out with my therapist a lot lately, is that, like, high school literally sucked. Like, high school, like, was actual torture for me. And, um, like, we just talked about this in my last, in my last therapy session. And, like, I was having a lot of empathy for, uh introverted kids Mm -hmm. because i am an introvert like being around people all day is very exhausting to me and going to school and being anxious about it and not being able to be perfect like that's another thing recovering perfectionist so when i had to be around people all day and i couldn't be perfect at it it heightened my anxiety and so like going to school every single day was it, it made me physically ill. Mm-hmm. So hanging out with people, that was my outlet. Mm-hmm. Never did drugs, never drank alcohol like that. I was not that type of rebel. Mm-hmm. I had boyfriends. And not bad boyfriends. Like, we didn't do drugs. Right. We, like, I didn't lie to my parents except for, like, hey, I'm going to my girlfriend's house. And... Then we went to the movies, and then the only thing we said was, like, oh, yeah, we're meeting these guys at the movies, and we didn't say which guys they were. <laughs> and, like, oh, my God. like Actually, that's, that's completely a lie. Right? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> the shit we did when we were 15 and 16. My, like, my dad knew what was going on because my dad is my dad, and my mom is oblivious because my mother is oblivious. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And... This is the worst shit I got into when I was a teenager. Aside from being, like, an- anxious and depressed and, like, literally feeling tortured at school. Sure. Um, mind you, I still got, I still got A's. Yeah. And was, <laughs> it's funny know, how that works, At the top right? of my class, right? Which is probably a major contributing factor to the anxiety that we just... Right. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. That, exactly. I needed to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, I loved hanging out with guys. I, like... My girlfriends, I I just, I hated the mean girl shit at school. It really, really, really bothered me. And there was so much cattiness. There was so much competition. And at school, a lot of stuff was based on, you know, what groups you wanted to hang out in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends were into athletics. And I hurt myself when I was 14. I crushed the articular cartilage in my knee. And so I couldn't play soccer anymore. And soccer was my sport and I couldn't do it anymore. And so that was another contributing factor to my anxiety and my depression and why I couldn't hang out with the people I wanted to hang out with in school. So I hung out with people I didn't go to school with. And this is also how I started being internet cool. I would go and I meet people from different schools online. Yes, I know. I met people on the internet when I was 13 and 14 (laughs) and 15. Scold me. I'm still here. I'm really good at being on the internet. I've built my own website with my online community. (laughs) I was always very safe. Thank you. I did a really good job. But this is how I met people and I made friends and I did... And, like, you know, we would go and we'd do cool things. Like, we'd go to the library and we'd play card games and this is how I would meet people and deal with interpersonal relationships and in that way I had lots of little breakups between 13 and 14 and 15 and it sucked and I had my heart broken and there was this guy that I really 
fell in love with when I was 14. And, okay, I guess this is where we're going, right? Let's do it. And so, like, we had sex. And wow, young for me, for me. I was so much older. <laughs> and then, like, his sister found out. His sister got mad. At his him? Sis- yeah, just, no, for some other, for, for some stupid reason. Oh. You know, like, literally, like, literally, like, six weeks later. Just for some stupid sibling fight. <laughs> oh. His sister got mad, like, it was just, like, weeks, weeks, weeks later. Oh. And it's like, this wasn't an ongoing thing. Like, we just, you know, it happened. And so she told his parents, and then we couldn't see each other anymore. And, like, that, that was heartbreaking. parents? What? Said his parents? Yes. Mm. But if you didn't have sex and you could see him? Correct. Oh. Well, so, it, right. It was a whole thing. And, like, so she got angry and, like, they got into a fight. And so she just went downstairs and told Blabbed. them. Yeah. Years later. Like, and literally, that, that was it? You never. Like, right. right oh. That was it. Oh. I don't, like, I honestly don't remember it. Be- it was a, you know, it broke my heart at the time. Yeah. And, like, so this is also why I think virginity is a construct, because that was it, like, that was my first time. Like, I, it, there wasn't that, like, there wasn't all that much after it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember there being all that much with him. I just also don't think about it that much. Right. Like, I don't think of okay. him as the one. Yeah, no. 14's uh, young. Yeah, and and it's just also like it 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 wasn't it. I just also don't necessarily think of it as special, and I also I wonder if it's because of this thing that happened next. Okay, which is that that he with the with the sister. no. So oh. like two years later, no, it had to be one year later. Yes, it had to be the summer I was fifteen. So the summer I was fifteen, he contacted me on like AOL Instant Messenger. And he was like, Kristen, you need to help me. And I'm like, okay, what's up? We we literally had not spoken at all, period, (laughs) since. In this entire year. Strange, okay. And I'm like, okay, yeah, what's up? He's like, I got this girl pregnant. And you need to help me. You need to talk to her to tell her that she needs to make it go away. And I'm like, oh, boy. I'll talk to her, but you know I can't convince her to do that. I'll I'll talk to her because, you know, she needs somebody to talk to, but I'm not going to tell her what to do. And so, like, I talked to her, and, like, she became, like, literally one of my best friends for, like, the rest of high school. And But you didn't know her until he introduced you to talk to her? No, I had no idea who she was. Oh, weird. She, yeah, no, she was a girl that went, like, she was two years older than me because he was a year older than me and she was a year older than him. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was one of the first things that led me to women need to be friends with other women for the sake of being friends with other women. Mm-hmm. And high school was, like like I was saying, high school is really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Because you're all, especially for introverts, because you're just there and you're there and you're there and you're taking in everybody's emotions, especially for me as an empath. And you're just also competing with each other for grades, for 
spots on sports teams for boys. Yeah. Which is why I never dated anyone in high school. But when you're out of that bubble and you can be friends with people because they need you and you can be friends with people because with women because you have things in common because you're going through things because you have shared experiences or shared people who are have hurt you mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry i forgot to tell you he didn't want her to have a baby because he was cheating on his real girlfriend oh boy by the way who he's now married to all right then <laughs> crazy right teach their own so breakups these are breakups <laughs> i had before i was 16 all right that is that's some drama that's but like... i mean obviously now years later it's it's good that you pull the good from that and that's such a big lesson to have that breakup have led you to a good friend right yeah. And, like, I think that's the thing that we all need to think about when it comes to breakups is, like, they lead you to find things in yourself. Yeah. Which is, like, your word found. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it they tend to crack. It's like what we've been talking about, kind of the theme. is like life forces a cracking open that you didn't necessarily predict or welcome or you know it's like that that awakening that it forces you awake yeah to focus on other things it really 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 does yeah and it like in in such a and so i don't know and the other thing is like you go through those stages of grief yeah after any breakup sure Sometimes it's not even a guy. Right. Job. Sometimes it's friends. Yeah, friends, job, sure. Job? Absolutely. <clears throat> Sometimes it's like a thing. Mm-hmm. A house. A place that you, like, love. Yeah. A thing that you had. Yeah, that's a good point. There's all kinds of breakups. I mean, I was thinking of this episode as, like, romantically because I just went through that. But you're right. It could be in a bunch of different ways. And then I... I uh, I recently heard on a podcast called On Being. It's like, you know, I listen to yeah. the podcast, but On Being. And they, she did um, with Pauline Boss, who supposedly is like a family therapist who created the term ambiguous loss. And that episode, I think, went uh, went live in December, like right in the middle of all this grief over what happened with John, which I'll go into. But for those of you who know already and she just was basically like closure is a myth like like the stages of grief like we've talked about this too with our upcoming uh interview and stuff and how like everything cycles back around and you can't say up done with that stage on to the next and i'll never go back that you know it always just sporadically pops up or when it needs to be felt or whatever so there's that too like there is no myth of closure in that um in that podcast, she says, let me see if I can pull it up. <sighs> I couldn't find the thing anyway. I, it's here. So from that podcast, what 
Pauline Voss says is she says closure is a terrible word in human relationships. Once you become attached to somebody, love them, care about them, when they're lost, you still care about them. It's a different dimension, but you can't just turn it off. And I believe that. And I believe that with what you're saying, like with anything that you care about deeply and then it's gone. You know, and she talks about ambiguous loss in terms of like divorce could be one, but also like dementia or like disappearing, like the fact that there's nothing even to like, that there's a there, but not there feeling about it. So I, I think that that's also true when it comes to breakups is that you can probably pinpoint the day that they left or pinpoint the day that you felt it was over or pinpoint the last time you had with someone, but it still goes on. Like the feeling of love for this thing or this person still goes on. So I really liked it. It was like ambiguous loss. I like that phrase because that really described how I was feeling in December anyway. And you want, especially when it's like a breakup and it was mutual, like you want them to go on and be happy, but that brings up a whole bunch of stuff too. It's like not happier than me. I don't know. It's like all these weird feelings. There's a like, okay, so I do, I want you yeah. to talk about John. And I have a lot, I, I have a million things yeah. that I have to say about, like, my breakup was wholly unexpected. Mm. In what way? This was the um, one with the guy before Jeff. Yes, and we were together for mm. just about seven years, um, and we broke up about 10 years ago like right now uh it's 10 years ago in april and like i have very clear concrete visual moments of the exact mm -hmm. things that you're talking about like, there is a breakup moment in my head, and I can mm -hmm. speak it to you. Um, it started out because, well, I mean, like, we had been looking at engagement rings. Everyone was asking us, when are we getting married? And, like, yeah. we were talking about, like, it was, it was there. And 10 years ago, you were early 20s. See, like, even, like, wow. I mean... We have all marriages of all ages of all listeners probably, but like I'm so stunted. I'm just so late bloomery that these ages to me, I'm just like, I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like I was, and it would have been mm. a bad decision. Um, it was so, I would, I met him when I was 16. We were, we dated my junior year of high school, my senior year of high school, all throughout college. And he's a great person. He was a wonderful person. Kind, generous, loving, everything that you would want from a partner. Except he was holding me back. And that sucks. And honestly, I was holding him back too. Probably. And... I mean, I think he has a PhD in computer science now, so that's great. Um, 
but Mm -hmm. I'm me now and I'm awesome like I'm a really cool person and with him, I was not a really So was cool the holding person. back in terms of, like, you both wanted to do stuff that you needed to be alone to do? Or was the holding back, like, you both just wanted different things and to be together, one of you would have a... Okay. The first one. So you both, like... Well, and, and also, we were just... Drifting? We were timid people. We were both timid people people Mm. together and introverted people and I'm I'm not sure we dated each other I was 16 he was 19 and I think the thing is there was only so much that we Mm -hmm. could grow together And by not being together anymore, we could grow in different ways. And the different ways were so different. Mm -hmm. At least for me. It was... It was what I needed. And I was just unhappy. Kind of like when a plant gets too big for its pot. And you need to, like, repot it. Yeah. And and so it it happened when Mm -hmm. I started working. I started working and I got new friends. I started going out after work and he was very much content with hanging out online and spending time online with his online friends. And that was, I mean, he had a very stressful job. He worked a lot. And then when he came home, he wanted to hang out online with his online friends. And like, that's fine they became my friends too we hung out sometimes like we would get together in person and that was cool but I needed more than that and so I started hanging out with people I worked with Jeff was one of the people I worked with and there were a lot of other people that I worked with too and we would go out in the college town that I went to college in and that was more fun and like there was this distinct moment when like he came into the bedroom and we got into like an it wasn't even a a fight it was just a small argument about like you know because he he wanted to know like what why wasn't Mm. i around anymore and i was like well you know i'm i was around scrapbooking at my scrapbook tables most nights and watching TV on the TV, and, like, yeah. that was lonely. When I could just be kind of, you know, hanging out with people and talking and having yeah. fun. And he's like, well, why aren't you around anymore? And I'm like, well, you know, you're talking to other people, and that's, you know, I don't really want to talk to you yeah. through a computer when I could talk to people in real life. Yeah. You know, and he's like, well, and then we get to this thing about, you know, well, it's not, you know, and he's like, well, do you even do, do, do you even want to be with me anymore? And I didn't even think I just said the words, I don't know. And I think before I say but that's everything, what you needed to every say. single yeah. thing. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, right. it was over. Like, 
and that was like seven years of my right. life and it was it's just like over. that we always talk about with crafts but it also i guess applies where like you're doing the same thing that's always worked until one day you look up and it's not inspiring you anymore it's just like right and then you're just like yes. but there's a, a feeling that's like but wait i know i love this <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah right and like and 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 that was the thing and then right. i still oh, yeah. loved him he was my best friend. He he was like he was straight up my best friend and 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 it was just sad. And the thing like I mean I had clearly been thinking about it before, but our our lives were incredibly intertwined. We literally were looking at engagement rings. We were everyone was asking us, you know, when are you getting married? My grandma like I mean my mother was like straight up in love with him like and like that was the hardest part was explaining to everyone else this is the thing that I'm doing with my life now is not being with this person and then when they asked why I didn't have an a reason other than well this is what I've decided to do and no one was on my side everyone like in in a very serious way almost everyone who was like in my support system abandoned me which kind of sucked because they thought you were making Um, the wrong decision because they were convinced I was mm-hmm. making the wrong decision. Um, and like, for someone who's been supported very strongly her entire life for almost all of her decisions, this was, uh, this was not, mm-hmm. not awesome for me. Like my mom in the car, another very incredibly strong visual moment for me my mom in the car we're driving home from my aunts turned to me and said how do you know you're not making the biggest mistake of your life i turned to her and i said well i guess we'll just have to wait I mean, and that's see. a great reply that's a great reply but you know as someone f- who's found out she suffers from ocd that's like the big question about anything like the most anxiety looping, you know, kind of obsessive thinking is how do I know that this decision is not going to ruin my entire life right now? How do I know this being exposed to this thing that I'm afraid of is not going to turn me into what I'm the most scared? Like it's that kind of thing. And through the therapy work with that, that what you just replied is kind of like the, the thing you have to get yourself used to understanding is it's an uncertainty and you have to live with it. Right. I mean, like, at the, at that point, I had a job that I could pay my own rent. I had a place to live. And I could support myself. And so I knew, like, from a, like a, a tangible standpoint, like a, like a physically, if, it, if there was a way to cut the emotions out of the yeah. picture... You knew you could do it. <laughs> right. But I then could feeling do it. sad to try and do it all is another story. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. But I had to try it. And like, that's what I said. And I said, like, and that's what we said when we sat down is like, you know, if in six months this isn't working, there's no reason why we can't get back together. Like if in six months we both decided, oh, well, this was right. a really shitty decision and we both decided that we, you know, made the worst decision in the world, then right. Right. we'll fix it. You know, we are people who are capable of fixing our own mistakes. But also, maybe mm-hmm. this isn't a mistake. That's such a mature way and to look at it. It wasn't. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. And it's really, it, the mature is not even the right word. I mean, it is, but it's also like you made a decision with autonomy. Like you felt your feelings, but you said, feelings, I see you and I hear you. But this is what Kristen's going to do. Like, that's that's such a healthy way to handle breakups and to be aware enough to know that's what had to get done. Because now as an adult and now past all this stuff that held me back as a child and young adult, like, that's my new focus is on this autonomous kind of like values-based kind of like decision-making as opposed to, but I feel so sad. I can never do this. Like you'll feel things and feelings will come and go. And Oh yeah. Like they don't stop. Like there's times where they suck. Like he started dating another person. Like we, like, so I started dating Jeff Mm -hmm. and like dating Because, like, I very, 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 like, very times, like, a hundred thought Jeff was going to be, like, this (laughs) rebound guy that I, like, okay, yeah, no, I have my own apartment. I have my own job. I can totally take care of myself. This is just, like, okay, I'm going to, like, date somebody, and this is going to be cool. This is what my 20s is like. That's what I thought this was. Um. That's funny, right? Um, more yeah, on that in yeah. next week's episode. Um, and so we stayed friends. Like, we were friends for that, that the whole, like, a long time. And because, like, I love his his mother is one of the kindest, you know, Breaking up with the moms is the so hard. World. I know. Like, she's literally, like, an angel sent from Jesus. Like, Mm. Mm. Um, but then he started dating this girl and like that's good and so we all had this idea me and him had this idea of like let's go out together because she was gonna she lived in florida she's like let's she was gonna come up for the week and we were like let's go out to dinner i guess (laughs) she acted like a child a fucking baby i cannot i cannot i cannot i cannot we went to this awesome restaurant in newark it's my favorite restaurant in newark it's a portuguese restaurant it's amazing oh she didn't order anything she didn't say a single (laughs) word during the entire meal unless spoken to and then she answered oh he went with her and you went with jeff and it was like a double date how was Jeff chill oh yeah yeah oh and so and so was my so was my ex the three of us (laughs) had an amazing time the three of us had a fantastic time and she sat there the whole time not saying anything I mean did he ask her beforehand like are you gonna be comfortable with this like I would hope she would (laughs) 
Yes. And she was oh, like, yeah, fuck. I want to go. And then she was like, I want to yeah, be a baby sad. about it. But like, you know what? That's fine. You have to learn how to do these things. And like, I'm sure if she did it again now, she would be better. <sighs> at it. But like, you're all, like, that shit's going to happen. You're always going to have feelings that nothing right. is going to be clean. And like that made me upset yeah. and sad afterwards. But also we have the like, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. It's it's like it's also hilarious. Well, years later, I would like, hope so. <laughs> oh, no, it was hilarious after we left the restaurant. Like Jeff and I got in the car and we're like, "That did that just happen?" Like it literally was like out yeah, of. Yeah, I think that's what like. Because like it was, it's like a really nice <laughs> restaurant too. Like it has valet because it's in Newark, so you can't park anywhere. So like they own a warehouse across the street where they park all the cars. Oh my god! Oh, it was like, but he had an amazing time. My ex had like we were laughing and, and which was so weird. It was it's it's so like oh my god! That was a really adult move. Let me tell you that. I don't know if I could have done that then. Well, we all tried to be really adult about it because like it <laughs> sucked, but like it was like like it it just it was. Like you it, talk to we him to now. Get the best out of it because, like, what? Oh, no, because she didn't. Oh, want that was us to the talk end. That was the beginning of the end. Well, there we we hung out. We yeah, we hung out afterwards at a pizza place. He, we were supposed to go out again, and she mm. like didn't want to come. And He's like, like, hey he guys, I want to come, but she won't let then, me come. Like, <laughs> right, and then he like we got into the car afterwards, and he like broke down crying about how she doesn't want me to talk to you anymore, and was like, well. Okay. Like, I get it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I broke your heart. I'm sorry. That's on me. Like, I get what it is to be the villain. I did that. I'm sorry. Like, I made that choice. That's, like, I, like, that sucks. I'm sorry that I did that. But. Yeah. I did. We're moving on. And, like, you need, like. I can't force you to choose to be my friend over this person who like is your partner. Like that's, that's, that's me being a shitty person. So I love you. Goodbye. It's so hard. It's so, it's like lots, so many layers, but that does make me think of in breakups, how, when is the real end point that, that is so like, for me, like the big thing, like, in both of my major breakups, there was all this time that was leading to the breakup. And then when we were apart and then when the real end happened, like it's all these like weird phases and then all the emotions that keep coming from all those phases. It's so- right. Like when you find out that they oh, get married on God, Facebook. Don't, oh, la 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 la. Like I can't right now. But I mean, at the same time, well, then what happens when you find out that they get divorced <laughs> on Facebook, too? No, I, 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 don't, I actually don't know that anyone has gotten divorced on Facebook. Just saying. Just um, saying. Yeah. Right, though. But, like, all of these things that happen when you're you're in all of these interpersonal relationships. Oh, my God. I had another guy that I dated. Oh, yeah. No, this was another one that I dated. Oh, this was. Oh, so, hold on. Oh, let's tell that. We can tell that story <laughs> next week. That's funnier next week. This is one that I found out that got married. I love how you're like, like remembering when them. I found the out that he had a kid. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no. 
Right. Yeah. No. This is this will tell this one next week. That says something like, if you had a relationship for five years, then it technically will take like half that time, two and a half years, to get over the person. Do you ever hear that? Yeah. That's, that's you interesting. Know, another bullshit. Like, here's how you calculate how long it will take you to get over this. Like, that's retarded. Well, I think like I think that's like. That's going to be different for everybody, and it's going to be different, like, did somebody cheat on you? Did you mutually break up? Did somebody, like, you know, murder your cat? Like, (laughs) it's going to be a lot easier to get over somebody if they murdered your cat than it is if, like, you mutually break up because somebody has to have a job in another continent. True, I get right, because the circumstances change that equation. I agree. Right. But that's supposed to be, like... If you find out that somebody's a psychopath, like, it's going to be a lot easier to get over them than if you find out, like, you can't be together because you want children and the other person doesn't want children. That's true. Yeah. But I always had that, like, I heard that somewhere in the back of my head and always had that there and was like, oh, well, a few more months. That's, I'll, yeah. that's ridiculous. Dumb. But yeah, and you know what's funny, too, like, when you were relating your story? Is that you said all of your family members were so for that boyfriend and that you making the decision was them going, oh, God, what if you fuck up your life? My experience both times was my family going, yeah, we were waiting for you to get there. Like they were like already like, but that's also traumatizing, too, because it's like, damn, like. Why didn't you say something I mean, sooner, people? Yeah, I guess a little bit, like, feeling like people got there before I did, so what was taking me so long? But also, like, I believed in something that no one else around me apparently was believing in. Like, I was just like, oh, like, what's the mistake in me then that I'm vested when all these people around me? But then that brings me to the point, which could also be part of next week's episode, is kind of my issue just in relationships, like, in general, where... A lot of my OCD and anxiety, like a big chunk of my OCD is ROCD, which is called relationship OCD. Like I tend to spin and obsess over, is this partner the right one? Am I doing the right thing? Am I going to fuck up my life by being with them? Am I going to fuck up my life by not being with them? Like no matter what I am spinning about the decision making and is this right or wrong, I almost can't tell what my gut feels. But like I know that it comes from, I know that I love the, the person and I know that the initial phases of the relationship were all grounded in truth and love. But then somewhere along the line, the more serious it gets, like I freak or my brain freaks, or if it gets serious and I believe in it enough to say this person is who I'm going to marry. And then a hiccup happens. I almost turn that into a giant thing where like, then I start obsessing. So I have, I have realized over the past year that I have a lot of baggage I'm bringing in, a lot of mental and psychological baggage that I need to get, that I'm working on getting to the bottom of now that I'm by myself. But my past two relationships were a lot of that. But it also didn't mean that the guy was absolved of like no wrongs or that there were no red flags. There was also plenty of red flags that through therapy I needed because I needed to distinguish what were real red flags and what were Amanda's crazy red flags that I was making up so there's always been a mix of that in my serious relationships but that being said when I think about the family I come from my immediate women femme squad is which is what I call them just this group of women my mother my aunts my sister my cousins my grandmother like 
these women that are my core all are divorced or all are triple times divorced or all are without a guy or had a baby with a guy and he's no longer in the picture. Like it's just all these strong women doing it on their own. And I think I've just been programmed to see that as like how it is. So for me to feel like, I think that's a big part of this too. And that, that more plays into next week's episode, you know, as far as moving forward in my life and relationships. So I'm going to leave it at that there. But as far as breakups, you know, I think when it's gotten so serious that I felt like, is this going to move to the next step? And is this going to be my life partner? I've always kind of panicked not knowing how that looked. Do you know what I mean? Like not, yeah, where I've always like my mom and dad got divorced when I was 23 and my mom has always said, I never did it sooner for the kids, but I always said to her, mom, we always knew at 10 that you guys shouldn't have been together. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt very much so like, this isn't good that you're together when all this arguing is going on. But also for my mother's sake, she went through that whole, I know this isn't right, red flag, red flag, but let's try to fix this. Let's not, you know, she went through all those phases. But I think that's all kind of played into my relationships and kind of, so my first boyfriend, my first real boyfriend, because two breakups in college, okay, I first, I've had crushes since grammar school on guys, but the idea of ever being boyfriend with one, like at 12, 13, 14, like you're saying, I was so innocent to it. I was just like, no, how could I do that? I don't know, but I like him and maybe he'll dance with me at the dance. Like, you know, like it was all that kind of stuff. But in high school, there was also crushes. But at 16, I fell in love with another boy, like in love from afar. Like they always say like, and then I would follow him around. And when it was his birthday, I would write something cute and like, but he never knew. I never asked him. I don't think he liked me. And then he moved. At the end of that year, he like moved to Florida. So we, it was like just unrequited love. Is that what they call it? Like just love that was never reciprocated. But that was the first time I was like, I love this guy. Like, and then I felt like, oh, maybe he'd be my first boyfriend. But then ne- nothing ever materialized. And then college, there was a few hookups. But even still, and so my, with my first boyfriend who I met while waitressing. So it was like after college and I was waitressing and I – met him and was like, Hey, let's hang out. And both boyfriends I initiated. I was, I was like, Hey, want to hang out with me? <laughs> like, I don't know what it's like for a guy to be like, Hey, I dig you. Like, let's be together. It was always me. <laughs> you know, that's crazy, right? Like you are I don't gorgeous. Think it's about gorgeous. I think, I think I come across as very like, ha, 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 cause I am very anxious about it. To be honest, I am very, I must do some off putting thing because I'm very anxious at the idea of, Oh no, new person, stranger danger. I don't know how to be, but I am flirty and I am like, you know, now growing up, I'm, I'm becoming more into myself, but Oh my God, at like 2021, I was still just so lost in my body (laughs) like you know what I mean yeah knowing you like knowing you now and like like no like just being like okay so rooftop bar (laughs) New York City Amanda and hearing like I didn't have a boyfriend in college is like literally blowing my mind because I was awkward in myself I was going through so much and it now knowing the looping and the fear and the anxiety was all this OCD bullshit that I'm only now yeah, yeah well, that I yeah. get. And it was that all totally wrapped get. around. And then I was like, then I started seeing my friends have boyfriends, didn't understand what was wrong with me. And like, so then I, so then I get this. Yeah. So then I, 
waitress and I'm finally exposed to like adults outside of the school, right? And so I get with School is so fucked up for you. Like, it just fucks up all of the things you're supposed well, to do socially. I, it's just, it was like, the internet was just becoming huge for me, right? You, you always tell me that it was around, but I was never utilizing it that way. And I went through this weird friend shift from, like, seventh grade to twelfth grade of, like, the girls that were my friends literally from birth to like sixth grade started shifting priorities and new girls started coming in and they started becoming friends and buying the tickets for the friend. And I just remember feeling like there's a shift happening but, and like, and I'm not catching on to the wave or something. And I, it very much became like they were moving on to the next phase of adolescence. And I was still so stunted that I just, and I had all this like, Catholic baggage too <laughs> of like a good girl does this and a good girl doesn't do this and if I do this I'd have to tell my mom I come from a very guilty like fear-ridden background a lot of which was in my own head like I could go into we could have a whole Catholic episode I'm sure but not that that would probably like offend a lot of people but it affected a lot of my dating I think in like teen years anyway so my first boyfriend I, I had it like 21 and I was the first, I always, that was the first time I had sex. I, I fooled around a lot, but there was never sex before that. He was my first sex. But anyway, so I had, he was my boyfriend from, we met at 21. My first, my birthday at 22 was like a, like a few months after we met. So from like 22, I had, he was my boyfriend for eight years, about eight years, but at the, like the six year mark. I kind of, he, like, he was ready to marry me at the four-year mark. But I, again, was so like, ah, I don't know if that, like, how could I not know? And I should know. And I feel this. And I feel anxious. And if it's the person you're supposed to be with, why is this anxiety here? Like, I always, and this goes back to us saying, like, about feelings that I think even breakups, women with breakups or anything, just rely so heavenly, heavily on how we feel at any given time. If this feels great, if this feels right, oh, God, how dangerous. If this feels right, then yeah, and trust your heart and all this stuff. But like, no matter what, I was always feeling anxious about every decision. But it's because, you know, it's just what happened. Any major decision, I always felt like I needed mom to let me know or an adult to let me know, or I just didn't have the framework to make my own decisions or feel capable that I knew what the fuck was going on. And then unlike you, the thought of leaving was even more anxiety. Like, oh no, I don't have this person's support that I've had for this many years, like being the backbone of me, like all that codependent bullshit. So. Well, I had, like I had that for a long time and like, and, and I guess I, I don't know if I would like, I don't know if I would have left right. earlier. Right. I guess I thought about it, like, lots of times. But also, I it, was that the anxiety talking? Was that the me feeling shitty about myself talking? Was that the just, you know, the right. PMDD? Like, was that the me hating myself? Was that, what was that? Like, Yeah, I, but as a... Was, or was that the me knowing what I knew later? that I did need to be my own self. And I just was like, but also I didn't have the ability to 
pay my own rent because you know we were living in an apartment in new jersey that cost yeah eleven hundred dollars in yeah 10 years ago 12 years ago so you know I didn't have a job that could pay for that by myself yeah. while I was in college. And, tw- and in your 20s, there's no benefit of retrospect anywhere. So you can't, like, like there's nothing to gauge off any experience at all. Like, you're going, so so there's that. You know, in retrospect, I, I know I made the right decision in ending up not with him. And in retrospect, I know he wasn't the right person for me. But I, at the time, had no gauge to go on off of how to know that or not. So anyway, so the two or three years that was the end of our breakup was the first two or three years that the anxiety got so bad that I felt like I had to go to a therapist, right? Because the two breakups of my life is when the anxiety was the most bad. And I think because a lot for me, it's all centered around relationship anxiety and relationship OCD and they always say OCD attacks what you care about the most so for me I've always had this Disney ideal that the husband and the nuclear family and the mom that I would be and the wife that I would be is going to be the most important job and role of my life you know and something like this is us reinforces it you know as, as much as I love that show it isn't exactly the healthiest <laughs> for me to like put all my chips on and like so that's kind of where the anxieties just reached a peak for me at both times in my life when I felt like what was building me up to that ideal structure was crumbling yeah so right yeah but knowing that like there was always something at the core that told me well you don't want to marry this person like that also means something (laughs) Right, like this person isn't going to give you that thing that you want. So this thing that you're working towards is Right, and with him, I was such an underdeveloped person that only now I understand that was a big part of this, aside from the red flags. But like loved his family, loved his mother, like, you know. Was it Allie or Brandy that we were talking to, that we talked about development as a as a like a circular thing that you kind of move up and you fall back down a little bit but then you move back up and i feel like breakups are kind of that thing where you 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 feel like you're all the way back at the starting line but you're not like you are a completely different person after you break up and and this goes back to not even relationships but you know you break up with those other things that we were talking about you know friends Sometimes these girlfriend breakups, like um, mm-hmm. you talked about one uh, at one of the our, one yeah. of our first shows that you had a really hard yeah. girlfriend breakup, and those they make us yeah. deeper. As and it's people. because it's that ambiguous loss, like you carry it with you to next things, to next relationships and stuff, but you also carry the lessons learned of why the loss occurred, especially when it's a breakup that's mutual or something that you didn't, that you did choose to have happen. So it's, it, it's that, it's feeling heavier because you're carrying this loss, but also feeling lighter in a way because you've realized why you had to let something go. But 
Yeah. So yes. it's a heavy light mixture that just makes you a different person, you know, going in. And then, you know, the breakup of that first one that I was with for eight years that I think now too, like I always say this in therapy, but there's no answer. So there's really no reason. Like it's just an uncertainty I have to, I have to live with and move on to the next thing. Again, very values based and very autonomous, like just move to the next thing, feel that and move. But I always think like if I was a normal person, I probably would have married that first boyfriend, like in a way of like where I didn't have this relationship anxiety. He was, he was good enough that if I was the type of person where all I wanted was to be married and all I wanted was just a good enough relationship, that probably would have worked out. You know what I mean? And so I say that all the time. I keep saying <laughs> normal person to my therapist. I, yeah, and she keeps course. correcting me. And she's like, thing. that's not a thing. She's like, you know, there are no, you know, and I like, I keep saying like, because I keep having these things about like, and so, okay, I guess I didn't realize it until like literally this second. I'm going through a breakup with mm -hmm. my hometown because I'm like, I'm very, I have a lot of anger towards like yeah. home and like school and just like my childhood <laughs> in general. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at yeah. in therapy right now. So I'm just going through this breakup of me and and my hometown of like, you know, you're not doing me any good anymore. And how long I have you been in Michigan? You. So that's four and a half years. The the time you needed to be there to get to this point at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and like and and I'm I'm going through a lot of grief and I'm going through a lot of like these are like I'm angry. I'm I'm going through the, you know, the withdrawal and like being back there and this last time when we did the the road trip and I saw you and we and had all these things and and my love for New York and all of these things and and I'm talking to my therapist about this and I keep saying the exact same thing of like you know if I were normal and I I, I would just it would it would have been so much easier for me back then and I would have had a, so much of an easier time in school and. I wouldn't just want to be this person who secludes okay. herself away. But again, like we've mentioned this and what you're saying then is what we're describing as normal is just people who aren't awake and just kind of go with the flow of what is expected of them to do. But when you turn inside and you're awake and you're trying to make decisions based on your values, that's when you leave an eight-year relationship or you <laughs> – yeah. And this is exactly what my therapist says. She's like, all the things I describe, and I'm like, I see all of these people on Facebook, and they, you know, they got married, and they're having kids, and they all just live in the, our hometown. And she's like, none of those things align with your values. She's like, you would not be living a values-based life. And she's like, that's not you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's usually not crafty as females. Right. You know, that's why we have to always be resourceful. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like, it's yeah, we hard. We keep coming to this conclusion almost every episode. But it's good. That's good. I think we need it's this. Yeah. Hard. It's hard. And we need this reminder to ourselves that it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is going to yeah. be hard no matter what. And, like, lean into the hardness a little bit. Because just working on the hardness a little bit and figuring out that hardness 
Yeah, makes and I think what makes easier. it hard too is because, like you're saying, it has to be a lean into the hardness, and you're and I feel like so many of my girlfriends are like even my mother when she went through her divorce. I didn't feel her devastation if she was devastated like i wish i would have felt a little bit because then i wouldn't have felt as alone feeling as devastated as i did in each breakup you know what i mean but when i talk to my mom she does describe feeling tore up and she describes that surreal feeling that when he finally walked out of the house like life didn't feel more and i go why did you never talk about this? Why was this never? But this brings us back to our mental health episode of like how our parents just never were trained to have the vocabulary for things like this or, or yeah. But I think about that with my girlfriends who are my age and I'm just like, are you not doing hard things because it's hard and you don't want to feel hard things? Like I, I wonder that sometimes, you know. But then you go around and the only thing that you feel is like 100 pound weights on your back all day. Yeah. And like, so this is like, again, I'm sorry that this podcast has now turned into the my therapy. (laughs) And it's a little longer episode, but I think it's warranted. Yeah. And I mean, you guys, (laughs) you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. Diving deep. Um, the deeper that I dive into the hard things the more I can take off of that like weight on my shoulder it's like oh okay that's why this is hard oh okay like I can get rid of that it's Marie Kondoing like (laughs) the shit in my head good metaphor and and it's time that we like break up with the stuff that is holding us back. Yeah. Because we have like so many things inside of our head that we are allowing ourselves to believe about ourselves mm-hmm. that are not true. And until we like confront those things and and on, one of the things that we are here to do is have these conversations with you. Because maybe you don't have someone to have these conversations with. Mm-hmm. So have the conversations with us. Because they're hard conversations. And for some weird, stupid reason, just like all the stupid reasons and stories we tell ourselves, like how breakups have been portrayed to me from like media and real life people alike has just been one. I can't identify with my own experience of it. It's like, I don't know, again, if I make it dramatic in my own head or if it's dramatic because it's me, but I don't. You know, I feel like I never saw, <laughs> like the like I never got people's real, true feelings. Like like oh, I broke up. Like onto the next, but only now through like the right accounts that I'm following do I hear divorce stories that I'm like, yes, thank you. Like it is fucking hard, and you still do love that person, and you did believe something. Like now, the way that people are getting into it deeper. You know what I mean? I feel like that was never really the case. Yes. It was always kind of there was no platform for it or no one wanted to hear it or like, yeah. Yeah, I think that like um, there's a lot of people who do some really good divorce yeah. talking. About Allie's great. Allie's great. 
Um, May Rats on Instagram has been a really good divorce storyteller. M E I R A T Z. Um, and she's getting okay. remarried, yeah. which is awesome. Yan. Oh, go ahead. So, Yan go, no, no, go Palmer. Y A N P A L M E R. Yan Palmer on Instagram. Good one as well. She's so introspective. And also, Erin Little. I think her tag is Erin Little Photo. She did a podcast episode about her last relationship that was, like, abusive, but she didn't see it. And, like, that's another thing. We don't see abusive relationships until, like, way later on. And it's also one of those things that we talk about where, like, you need to process it and integrate the lessons from that yourself for about a year until you're ready. Like, she, that podcast she did on it was a year after she broke up or she posted something of herself and said, this was a photo of me a year later in so much pain, but you never would have known it. But, like, that kind of yes. a caption, I'm like, give me that all day, every day, because that's the reality. That's the authentic breakup shit that I need, that I feel. You know? Anyway. Yes. And, and I mean, there's just like a thousand million things yeah. that we didn't cover in this episode. Like, uh, just a ton. Um, and we're going to talk about happy relationships in the next... I mean, I we didn't even talk about anything all that sad no, in it's this just, episode. It's another thing we have to be resourceful at. It's another thing, like, we craft or don't craft. It's just another part of our life. Like, this episode could have been like six hours long relating every part of every story but you know I just went through one recently and the grief was so real but now I do feel on the other side of it and that's what next week's episode is for but I just think like it's just another part of life and you're not alone in it and ambiguous loss is real and feeling loss and not knowing where to do with it and where to put it and not feeling any closure is also like yes just completely normal but you know you still continue on with your day and you still make a choice for yourself to do what you need to do for you absolutely and i think that's the thing that i want everybody to try to take the most from this episode is that you are still a whole person and on that note rupee Core or Rupi Core, she posted something yesterday that just I was like, oh my god, this is it, like whatever. But what she said is, I'll link to it in the show notes. But basically, she said how like what I miss most is how you loved me. But what she didn't realize was how he loved her was an exact reflection of what she basically told him he needed to do for her so she says and like what she posted is how could she be so hard on herself as if she was not already all these great things before she met him and as if she did not remain all these things once he left so like the idea of she being the root of all the good that the relationship was just reflected back at her that he was just able to recognize it some all the good that was already there and all the good that obviously is still there now that he's gone like to me that's what you just said and that's like where I'm living now after the breakup and like the grief is that yeah you yeah, just need a like mirror all the wit and the beauty and the fun that I thought he brought to the relationship was there the right, it was there all the time because you're just a yeah and like that's 
I, I, I love to encourage people to find these things in relationships that are yeah. not just romantic. And I think well, I want to talk a lot more about that in next week's episode, um, about how to find happiness in relationships that are more than yeah. just romantic as well. Uh, and if you are struggling with a breakup or whether or not to break up with someone... Remember that that yeah. this is a dialogue. So come to the Discord. Come chat with us. Come hang out with us. We love you and we think you're awesome. And you are a crafty-ass female and you're resourceful and you already know how to make and do beautiful things. And you are amazing and beautiful and awesome. Do we have anything else to say I on mean, breakups? <laughs> I mean, aside from a million I other things. I feel like things? this is a pretty good start. And you know us. We always revisit things when we feel the time is right. But a pretty good start, a pretty good open to the conversation, and the second part will continue next week. Yeah, I'm going to head over to After Chatter and tell you guys another story <laughs> that I just remembered. It's, it's a good one. Um, another breakup story. It's fantastic. Because I just have lots of breakup stories from the ages of 15. Because they're hilarious. Because I could not stay with... I literally met morons when I was 15 and dated them for all for three weeks. Happens. Um, it happened. Just all stupid morons. You know, this guy tried to kiss me and it didn't, it didn't work out well for him. Um, he was also like 6'4". And if you've ever like, I mean, you know how, you know how not 6'4 I am. Um, okay. So we're going to go to After Chatter and talk about some other people. And it's going to be good because... Unless you're a Patreon, you are not going to hear this. <laughs> so if you want to hear these people, uh, about these people, come and join us at uh, patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. And you will get to hear some more of my breakup stories about hilarious people Good that times. I dated in my teens. I, uh, I love you all. You are all amazing. And come support the show at Patreon because it is how we produce the show. Our supporters are amazing. We love you. Thank you so much, really, from the bottom of our hearts for helping us make this an amazing show. We think that you are a fantastic and amazing group of women, and you guys really make this a super fantastic and awesome show to put together every week. Thank you very, very much. And we will catch you guys over for the After Chatter show at patreon.com slash female, and we'll catch everybody else next week with the backside of this issue on oh episode not issue um <laughs> episode issue the back half of this episode on uh opposite of breakups yeah. makeups on makeups and other cool relationship issues so uh we love you happy february happy black history month and have an amazing february bye guys